I got a story to tell you. It's got to be confidential. Oh. Kaiser's Pizza and Pub, located at 510 57th Street in downtown Kenosha, has been delivering delicious award-winning pizza since 2008. Open seven days a week at 11 a.m. Order up one of their fantastic specialty pizzas like the, the Beast. Beast or their taco pizza. Or just create your own. For more info, including online ordering, visit kaisersofkenosha.com. For a great selection of beers, whiskeys, and gins, to their famous burgers and gourmet mac and cheese, Captain Mike's is a place to visit for your next dinner or drink. Jeanette and Mick Kelly took over as new owners of this local hotspot located at 5118 6th Avenue in downtown Kenosha, and they've made some great improvements while keeping the special things that Kenosha knows and loves. Captain Mike's opens weekdays at 11 a.m. and come on in early Saturdays and Sundays for their delicious brunch specials from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. For more, follow them on Facebook and visit their website at captainmikespub.com. Today on the K-Town Connects podcast, we are going to connect with the 10th District Alder person, Anthony Kennedy. So stay tuned. Cue that music. That's kind of weak. It is what it is. You guys are writing your intros again. I just didn't come up with them. Oh, man, I could have given you my own theme music. Welcome to the K-Town Connects podcast, the number one local podcast in Kenosha. Oh, boy. And I'm one of your hosts, Donnie, and I'm here with my... Hi, I'm Jason. Jason. Hey. How you doing today there, Donnie? Jason, I'm doing great. I'm really excited about this episode. Um, how are you doing? I'm ready to find out what an alder person is. I, same here. I same know. here. And we're going to find out. Did they take out. my garbage out? I don't know. I think they collect your garbage, right? Okay. Is that what they do? But Some we'll, kind of garbage. We'll find out. We have Anthony Ketty on the show today. But before we get into that, just want everybody to know we are recording at Luigi's Pizza Kitchen, located at 7531 39th Avenue. They're open Tuesday through Sunday. So order those pizza pies by calling 262-694-6565. Their full menu is available. And you can also order online at luigispizzakitchen.com and... Tell Jake that the K-Town Connects podcast sent you. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, why not, right? Be sure to like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Hit that subscribe button or follow button or like button, whatever it is. Drop us a review and tell your friends about the hottest podcast in town. It is the hottest podcast around. Which is? The K-Town Connects podcast, baby. And you can check out our website at ktownconnects.com. It's a great website. We have um, our episodes on there. We have a great photo gallery of all of 35 guests that we've had on the show so far. I'm proud of it because it's like... For two guys that don't know web design, we did a pretty good job yeah, on that. Yeah, it's, it's simple, basic, gets you to the point. Yeah, Boom. that's that's all it's all about. Yeah, I also wanted to thank Dropping Daisies. What a great song they put together for that theme. Wow. I mean, every time I listen to it, it just beats my soul. They're going to be playing at Taste Wisconsin this summer. Yes, and I can't wait for that. Is that going that. on? Supposedly, the events are all back this year. All right, I can't and wait. Go check out Dropping Daisies at Taste of Wisconsin or stop by Fusion and say hi to Amy and Danny for us. Oh, yeah, they're the owners there. Yes. The new yes. managers, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And this episode was originally posted on Patreon.com, and all of our supporters got an early listen. If you want to become a supporter, subscriptions start at just $2 a month. Visit Patreon.com, K-Town Connects. Are you telling me for $2 a month you can get the episodes early, ad-free, and bonus material? Yeah, all the stuff that I cut out, you, I th- we throw up on there, all the garbage. Wow. We have uh, our Is What It Is series where yes. we, Donnie and I shoot the we stuff. Just, and yeah, we just kinda... shoot the shit and we talk about whatever. Yeah, yeah. I that's... mean, we had some great episodes. And so, yeah, $2 a month, do it. Do it. And you can find that link on ktownconnects.com. Link's right there. Mm-hmm. And if you want to wear our logo on your head or on your chest. On or, my chest, please. Or on your face. That's you what masks, she said. <laughs> well, check out our merchandise store, courtesy of The Lettery Machine. For all your print and embroidery needs, contact The Lettery Machine at 720 50th Street. And for that exclusive K-Town Connects merch, visit the web store on their page, or you can find our link at ktownconnects.com. Yeah, let's take a moment to thank of all our sponsors real quick. Kaiser's Pizza and Pub, located at 510 57th Street. Captain Mike's is over on 5118 6th Avenue. Our good friends Angie and Ben at Union Park Tavern, located at 4528th Avenue. Uh, Lucci's Grandview is at 6929 39th Avenue. And we don't want to forget about Cheryl and Gary from the Pine Blossom, located at 5925 6th Avenue A. Well, thank you to our great sponsors, and let's get on with the show, huh? Let's chat it up with Anthony Kennedy. Oh, yes, yeah. indeed. Welcome to the show, Anthony Kennedy. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, and thanks for having me here. Hey, thanks for coming in. So you are the 10th District Alder person. Am I saying that right? Alder person, alderman? Oh. I, like I guess Alder. it was it was fine with aldermen until we started letting women in there. No, <laughs> <laughs> you're <Alder>. canceled. <laughs> uh, Councilperson uh, Marks was <laughs> will will uh, beat me up for that one. We've been more inclusive in our language, mm-hmm. so alder person should be the correct yeah. way. I like alder. It's just simple. Yeah, I don't know. That's just, just me. It's real elder. close to elder, which I well, don't like. You know. But, you know, for those who don't have the video portion of this, they can all see the gray hair. (laughs) Yeah, you're an elder person. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Anthony, we're just going to kind of get to know you a little bit. So you did not grow up in Kenosha, did you? I am a transplant via Mm -hmm. Waukegan, via the Army, via East Coast. I was born in Boston. Uh, lived in the East Coast, Connecticut, New York, Pennsylvania. Big joined... fan of clam chowder in Boston? Um, I'm a big fan of food. You, <laughs> again, those of those who don't have the visual feed uh, doesn't understand the portly stoutness that I represent. But I was born in Boston. My, my mom and I moved around a lot, lived all over the East Coast. Then I joined the Army, lived in Germany and California. Met my now ex-wife in the Army. She was from Waukegan. We all have them. <laughs> and she uh, told me how great and beautiful this place with Waukegan is. Oh, wow. Got out the Army. So she here. was a liar. As I noted, she's my now ex-wife <laughs> who lives in the beautiful state of Alabama. Uh, so she upgraded? <laughs> <laughs> and I made my way to Kenosha some about 29 years ago. Oh, okay. 28, 29 years ago. And have been here ever since. I have lived up until I moved here in about 45 different places. Holy cow. So Kenosha is where I think I'm going to die. Well, it's a good place to die. I I heard that. (laughs) (laughs) So when you came to Kenosha, what were your first thoughts? 
to be quite honest with you, I was working at Motorola and one of my coworkers there had just bought a house. Oh, okay. And she needed a roommate and I needed a place to stay oh. and she worked where I worked. So What's Kenosha? I don't, I don't know Kenosha. <laughs> and um, immediately I was taken in by the lake. And mm-hmm. Waukegan's lakefront is not user-friendly na- then, right? Yeah. So I got out the Army in 87. So this is, or I got out the Army in 91, rather. So they hadn't really developed the lakefront, except that little spit of Waukegan Beach. Mm-hmm. And that's the first thing that drew me. The next piece was the bar scene in Kenosha was really <laughs> tied to the neighborhood. Yes. You know, and There's that was kind of that was a corner neat. bar everywhere. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I and I wasn't aware of Wisconsin's um, reputation for drinking at the time, <laughs> so I thought all these little corner bars really gave Kenosha a uh, a flavor. Mm-hmm. And then the third thing was pizza. There's more pizza places <laughs> in Kenosha than I could shake yeah, a stick at. Beer and pizza is what Kenosha is really all about. I am amazed that uh, those chain places can exist in our town. Mm, I agree. <laughs> it blows me away. Yeah, yeah. Somehow they, they make it. But uh, So this house, where was it at in Kenosha? What, what neighborhood? Oh, where do I live? No, where did, when you first moved to Kenosha. And oh, your, your I, I live in the, the same house. place I first moved in. Oh, the, the, your yeah. friend's house? Yeah. Oh, okay. 29th Avenue. Still okay. there. Did yeah. you marry your friend or what's going on with that? What happened there? Yeah, give us a scoop. Bye, the cow and the milk is free, <laughs> baby. <laughs> I'm like sure she doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, seriously. Well, she did um, write in an email for some questions <laughs> to ask you. Um, in all seriousness, I'm, I'm having a little bit of fun. She's an amazing woman, and she has been my constant companion since. Okay, all right. So you're here in Kenosha. You're, you're getting getting your groove on here. You're, you're living with a friend. You're going to Spanky's. You're working. Um, what were your goals then here in Kenosha? What, were you, what did you want to accomplish? So when I left Waukegan, I was I was in debt. I had a house I really shouldn't be. <laughs> I had a house that was a work of fiction on the mortgage <laughs> statement to get that house. Um, I know the housing market crashed in 2008, but you should have seen the uh, mortgage that they wrote for me in 1992 in Waukegan. Um, but I swung at it as long as I could. So anyway, left Waukegan, mountain of debt, had a huge amount of credit card debt, and um, my whole thing was working. I would work seven days a week, 11 hours a day. Pump it out. Motorola was uh, pushing it, and I would work as much as possible just to get out of debt. So that was at least a good two, three years. So did you have any inspirations when you came to Kenosha to run for any office? Or? Heck no. No? No, no way. Um, let me tell you how that community service stuff started. Uh, my friend Norris Jones was president of the NAACP at the time here in Kenosha. You know, Brother Wright and some of the iconic names, Yolanda Adams, uh, Mary Lou Mahone, you know, the iconic mm-hmm. names in reference to Brother uh, Reverend Arrington. Some of the things that they had done in Kenosha, I was, of course, oblivious to. Mm-hmm. But I met this guy, Norris. We talked a little bit, young guy, comparatively speaking, mm-hmm. and he needed help with the NAACP. So I walk into a meeting and I walk out the membership chair. (laughs) (laughs) Had I walked in just five minutes later, I might not have been the membership chair. (laughs) But he had a vision on making the NAACP more relevant to young people in Kenosha. And really that's – we can talk about the civil rights organizations and young people. Then I was one of the young people. Now I'm still trying to get young people in. But that's a whole different story. One of the things about the Kenosha NAACP, we've always kind of been the um, stepchildren to the Wisconsin organization, (laughs) and definitely under uh, President Norris Jones's uh, tenure, we really 
we're bucking the trend on that. So we were going to do things our way in okay. Kenosha. Why were you so standoff from the rest of the group? I think it's because we weren't tied into the political structure as well as Racine, Milwaukee, Madison, which are the big branches. Okay. And you got to understand, it's kind of one of the spillovers of what Kenosha is. What media market are we in? Not Chicago. the Milwaukee, yeah. right? Right. What real estate market are we in? Mm. Not the Milwaukee, yeah. you know? And and so that kind of really spilled over into the local NAACP. We we weren't really part of the branch of, of, of the Wisconsin group. We paid our dues. We went to conferences, but it really was Kenosha. You know, they're over there. You're on your own, kind of. Uh, Brother Wright ran for president of the NAACP. He became president. Um, I ran for vice president or first vice president. I became vice president, and shortly after Brother Wright got elected, he said, I'm moving to Alabama. (laughs) (laughs) With your ex-wife? Whoa! I never made that connection. (laughs) Well, thank you, Brother Wright. Rest in peace. So next thing I know, I'm president of NAACP. And I don't know if you guys know about this, but Brother Wright and Reverend Arrington had started a Justice Department mediation project. And they brought in members of the U.S. Justice Department to Mm. talk about some things in Kenosha in reference to race relations, Kenosha city government and Kenosha county government. Mm -hmm. So this thing was in play before I became president. It came to a head when I was president. Well, Brother Wright's gone. (laughs) Reverend Arrington was going through his first bout of cancer. And standing at the table was Anthony Kennedy (laughs) representing the NAACP. You got to take it all on. Taking on the unified, the city, and the county. Oh, boy. You're not making any friends. (laughs) I was there. Yolanda Adams was there. And uh, Jeff Cassidy was there. I don't know if you guys remember Jeff Cassidy, but he was a local educator. He ran against Jim Cruiser for county exec. I don't know if you remember that. And we were there to talk about racial problems in Kenosha. The problem was the big guns weren't there. Oh. You know, you had Anthony Kennedy. <laughs> you didn't have Brother Wright with yeah. all his experience. You're like, who's this kid? Yeah. You didn't have Reverend Arrington with his with his intelligence and his experience. What you had was Anthony Kennedy. <laughs> so you're just thrown into the fire, so to speak. And here's what happened with that. We, um, instead of it being a confrontational piece, I decided that we would try to be as cooperative as Mm. possible with the support of Yolanda Adams, with the support of LULAC Council. Uh, For those who don't know, LULAC is rough equivalency. It's the Hispanic NAACP for rough equivalency. And we decided that we would try to make this as cooperative as possible. And we did get some really neat things accomplished. And I don't know if you guys remember this, but one of the problems that we were having with the Unified was their school resource officers are police officers, right? Mm -hmm. And when kids got in trouble, they were – the Unified was allowing the police to invoke their police powers. But the problem for us was they are Unified employees. Yeah. So at that time – that should be a disciplinary process that goes through the Kenosha Unified as opposed to police actions and, and, and not serious things. Serious things are still whatever. Right. Yeah. But what year know, was this? Uh, this would be, uh, I came late, here. Mid, late 90s or so? 90s. Late 90s, early 2000s. Okay. I, uh, Somewhere around. Yeah. And you know who else had a problem with that? <laughs> the Kenosha Police Department. Huh? They had a problem. They felt that. Uh, the Unified was abdicating some of their responsibility in reference mm-hmm. to discipline problems within the Unified. Now, I'd love to tell you that I was the perfect angel that you see sitting before you now. <laughs> but I did some stupid things in school, right? Yeah. I came out of school with a diploma. I didn't come out of school with a record. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. And so we hadn't, one of the agreements between uh, the Kenosha Unified, the NAACP, and the Department of Justice was spelling out clearly when the police use their police powers and the school resource officer oh, kind of yeah. things. So that was one of the things that came out of it. An engagement with the with the um, city government was a commitment for more minority recruitment in the law enforcement. And uh, at the time, Tim Tompkins was in uh, human resources, and he was doing an amazing job pushing the city government to meet those obligations. Do you uh, think they have now, you know, 15 years later? Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, That's... I went through a tunnel. I didn't hear that question. <laughs> um, one of the things that has been a result of last year's uh, unrest is a revisiting of that mediation agreement. Okay. And so there is work happening to take a look at that mediation agreement and see where we're at. I would say that we needed to do a better job on the activist side, keeping the unified, the city and the county accountable to that agreement. Okay. But that was a lost opportunity. Hmm. All right. So then um, did you end up going to any college or anything? Or? No, I was too smart to go to college. That's what I thought. You were yeah, I didn't say. have to go to college. Yeah, you don't, you don't I'm, I'm a hustler, man. I'm going to make my go. way <laughs> in the world, man. And um, I'm, I'm going to make New York my, um, I can't say, say that word. Can say it. I can say it? Yeah. Sure. Oh, wait, wrong, <laughs> wrong reference, wrong reference. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I, I was going to control New York. I was smart. I had hustle. I had drive. And by 22 years old, I was out of money, no place to live, and uh, joined the Army. <laughs> right. That helped make you a man? Well, I won't tell you what made me a man. <laughs> you earn your money your way, I earn my money my way, Okay. <laughs> So what made you uh, join the army? It was just I told you, you I was broke. I was, had no that, place to live. That was it. Like this is my last option. I'm gonna... um, my support system was abandoning me in New York, mm-hmm. and I, I was in love with a girl who is no longer in love with me, mm-hmm. and that was the end of the world. So yeah. it always is at that. <laughs> Isn't it that? Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. And uh, I was like, let's try this army thing for a while, you know. So I went to the army. And, I, and it was the best decision I made. Really How long was. were you in the army for? Four years. Just four years. My four years. Yeah, yeah. What did you end up doing in the army? Give us a little. Give us a little dirt. What, what did I do in yeah, the army? What was it? What was it all about? I'm sorry if I tell you, I have to kill you. Ah, you're a hitman. Um, you, you, you've heard of special forces? <laughs> mm-hmm. I wasn't that. <laughs> <laughs> did you get to see oh, the world? Oh, but seriously, you heard about the army rangers? I wasn't that either. <laughs> Did you get to travel around and see the world a bit? Uh, I was stationed in Germany. Um, I was stationed in Bamberg, Germany, outside of Nuremberg. And then my final duty station was in Fort Ord, California. Okay. That was always a selling point for me and possibly joining the service while I was younger is to get to scout there and see different places. When I joined the Army, they give you a little bit of a wish list, right? And my, my first choice was Turkey. And I read something about communications people that are up on the mountains in Turkey manning the old... NATO Air Force, uh, NATO um, radar oh. for early detections and yeah. stuff, and they don't come off the mountain for weeks at a time, and you're like <laughs> by yourself, and, and I was like, this sounds amazing. Mm. So I put down Turkey, and then I put down Korea, because I figured, I ain't never going to make it to Korea, so let, let right. Sam pay for it. Yeah. And uh, Germany was my third choice, and they sent okay. me to Germany. Oh, cool. cool. I was communications in the uh, Army, and I had this idea that... I told my recruiter, I want a job in communications. Now, mm-hmm. I thought I was going to be doing what you guys are doing. <laughs> okay? I thought the exchange of ideas and thoughts and those kinds of things. And they yeah. said, we have plenty of jobs in communications. I'm like, cool. <laughs> and they gave me this highly technical electronic repair job. <laughs> You're going to be soldering these wires together. Yes, and, yes uh... exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and I wasn't really good at it. I did my job. 
But I was scared to death of electricity. I found that out when I started working with electricity. <laughs> well, <laughs> if you got to be scared of something, that's a good thing to be scared of. <laughs> and my um, my uh, fellow soldier used to call me Sparky because I can't tell you how many times I crossed the wires <laughs> and stuff like that. <laughs> Don't cross the streams. <laughs> but here's what's funny about that. Um, there's this test in the Army called the Skills Qualification Test. And you take it to make sure you know how to do your job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I took it, and I got a 99 on the test. I wrote the Department of Army and told them that the answer I got wrong was actually right. Oh. Oh. Here's why it's right. And the Department of Army looked it up and said I was right and gave everyone in the in my in my uh, job set, because it's a better word yeah. for it. Um, that extra point, huh? Gave an extra point. Wow. So I had a nice. perfect test. I had a perfect score on my skills qualification test. I had about 15 radio mounts I blew up to show that. (laughs) (laughs) The practical side of it, I wasn't real good at. You understood (laughs) it, but you just couldn't get it out. All right, I think we're about time to take our first break. This time is just flying by with with Mr. Anthony Kennedy today. We'll be right back after this. That's my trick. I tell you about all this stuff, and you won't ask me about the hard stuff. (laughs) It's coming. Coming up next, the hard stuff. Lucci's Grandview. Check out this family-owned and operated bar. Lucci's Grandview, located at 6929 39th Avenue. Come on in and unwind with a drink. For your entertainment, they have bar games, food, live music, bingo, and more. The brother and sister team of Sarah and AJ Lucci look forward to serving you up some memories at Lucci's Grandview. You're doing my favorite thing. I get to talk about me. Come on. Yeah. Union Park Tavern has it all. Great food, great drinks, the best Friday fish fry around, live entertainment almost every day. Stop by and see for yourself. Union Park Tavern, located at 4528th Avenue. That's Union Park Tavern. All right. Hey, that was a great break. Wasn't that a great break, Donnie? Oh, that was a fantastic break. One of our best ones we've ever done, I think. Were you able to empty your bladder? Um, No, I don't do that. Oh, okay. You leave a little bit left behind? <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. Okay. It depends. It depends. (laughs) Hey, Jason, why don't you tell us about this great raffle we got coming up? Which one? Because we have so many. Uh, Well, I'm talking about the big one. Oh, the big one. Well, if you follow us on social media, you've seen our numerous giveaways we've done. We have another one coming up real soon. We get these great gift certificates from local businesses, and we give them away to people on social media. That's the way we connect with Kenosha. But we're putting together a big one. So big. How big is it? It's so big, you won't be able to take it. (gasps) Wow. So at the end of Season 2, we're going to be giving away this huge basket of great stuff from all these wonderful local businesses. And this one is not going to be for everyone on social media. Mm-hmm. This big raffle is only for you. Yep, the listener. Yeah, not you, Donnie Stancato. Not you, Mr. Kennedy. For the listener. Yep. Anthony, please. My dad's not here. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to be promoting this on social media one bit. Just by listening to this right now, you are eligible. So just drop us a line at ktownconnects at yahoo.com with the subject line raffle. We will send you back a confirmation saying we got your message and you're in and you're in. And we're going to hold our drawing at the end of season two, which will be in late June. Late June. Like. And we got some great stuff. I mean, 
this raffle gift basket, whatever we're calling it, is adding up with yeah. We stuff. keep getting new stuff, so some Vallejo's T-shirts. We got a mug from Lemon Street. We got gift cards. Frank Steiner, Lulu Birds, Faded Barbershop for Men, plus many more that I a Cape Town Connects T-shirt. Oh, we don't want to forget about that. Courtesy of the Lemon. I mean, your holiday shopping is done if yeah. you win this basket. Yes, you got. Yeah. Stuff for everybody in your mm-hmm. family. Yeah, it's going to be a great, great giveaway. So drop us a line, ktownconnects at yahoo.com, and get entered into that drawing today. Wait till after the episode, then get on. Right, right, right. Yeah, finish Well, you can listen on the phone and still do in your phone. Yeah. You, know, you no, can do the same thing. Come on. People can multitask. Come on. Oh, well, we're here with Anthony Kennedy, the 10th District Alder person. You can reach him at district10 at kenosha.org. But you're first in our heart, Anthony. Oh. Yes, yes. <laughs> same. Same. <laughs> All right, so Anthony, can you describe to our listeners what an alder person is? Okay, um, so since we do, n- do not elect a dog catcher in Kenosha, mm-hmm. it is the lowest form of government <laughs> in the state of Wisconsin. <laughs> it is where the tire meets the road, so to speak. We are the interface between our constituents and city government, if needed. Oh, that pretty much explains it right there. That's great. And we do more than those jackasses in the county do. A little rift between the city and the county? I'm throwing the gloves down. <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> um, I, I say that just because I want to make sure people understand that county government is really an extension of state government, right? So mm-hmm. the things that happen in Madison flow through to our local level through the county government. Okay. So our county board representatives are really an extension of state government. And there's things that they control. City aldermen are really where the tire meets the road. Fire protection, police protection, garbage uh, garbage pickup, those kinds of things. So you've been alderperson f- since 2008, correct? Yes, and I have not been convicted of anything. Perfect. I was going to knock on wood, but I was told not to hit the table. <laughs> <laughs> so what made you get into this in 2008? Hubris, what? pride, and stupidity. No. Because <laughs> right, last we were talking about you were... Leading the NWACP. So I was in the NWACP. We had a great alderman in the 10th district. His name was Everett Butler. Just a little background here. The 8th district and the 10th district, as represented by Kathy Martz and Everett Butler, were specifically created for minority participation in city politics. Um, So they just kind of redrew the maps and... So that was years ago. Okay. That was years ago. And when by the time I came on the scene, Alderman uh, Butler had been Alderman for the 10th District for 18 years. Oh, wow. Uh, and you guys all know who Everett Butler is through uh, those who went to school at, <laughs> come on, the Northside Junior High. Help me out here. Uh, Washington? Bolin? Bolin, right? Bullen? He was shop teacher at Bolin for years and oh, years. Okay. And oh, okay. So everyone knows Mr. Butler. All right. I was a McKinley kid, so no, not me. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Sorry for my loss. <laughs> uh, and as you guys know, he, he ran for mayor in 2008. And he could have run for mayor and run for alderman, but he didn't think that's the way it should be done. And so he was not going to run for alderman. Oh. He had a successor picked out. And that successor is not the one sitting in front of you right now. <laughs> <laughs> when approached, uh, that person decided they still had more things that they wanted to do in their professional career. I was helping Elbert Butler with his mayoral campaign, and uh, sort of like uh, Cheney, when Cheney was put in charge of finding uh, Bush's running mate, he was in charge of that team, mm-hmm. and Cheney decided, you know, the best person to do this is me. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to tell you I was that arrogant, but I really wasn't. I just decided that the district needed someone who cared as much as 
much for the district as Mr. Butler did. And remember, it was made for minority representation. Mm -hmm. And I just thought it was very important that that continued. And with Everett Butler's permission, I ran for alderman. And my first opponent was uh, Dino Marcassini. Oh. That was my first opponent. And you demolished him. (laughs) (laughs) Went through that tunnel again. Dino's a good guy. Dino cares. I've always said about my opponents, they're they're good people. Mm-hmm. They'll do a good job. I'm a better person. And I'm going to do a better job. There you go. You and have to have that confidence. Yeah, I, I, I won't say anything negative about Dino or my other opponents. Speaking of saying something negative, I wanted to get your input on Kevin Matherson. We are blessed to have a man who cares about Kenosha politics <laughs> and Kenosha as much as Kevin Matherson does. <laughs> I've been paid to say that. <laughs> um. Let's talk about Kevin Matthewson. I mean, for people who don't know, we need a little bit of background here on what's going on, I guess. You want to give it or you want me to give it? Um, Well, maybe you might be better at it, I think. Kevin Matthewson was a former alder person in Kenosha. Um, He represented the reformulated 8th District, because remember, Kathy Marks had the 8th District. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Through the drawing of the maps in 2010, uh, what was traditionally the 8th District was changed. And what they did was they took a little piece of the Lincoln Park neighborhood on the east side of 22nd Avenue and then took a big chunk of uh, the neighborhood, I would call it basically the St. Joe's neighborhood, Uh on the west side of 22nd Avenue. And what that did was it took one of the lowest voter turnout wards in the Lincoln Park neighborhood and paired it with like the third highest voter turnout ward. So you had this real inequity in, in in this district. And we can keep talking on what the problems are on all 17 districts as a result of that 2010 uh, redraw. But in that environment, Kevin Matheson gets elected. Then he gets defeated and he gets (laughs) reelected. Interesting. Then he moves out of the city, which you can no longer represent the district. Mm -hmm. There's only really two qualifications. Live in the district and be eligible to vote. <laughs> that's really the <laughs> right. only two. That's the only two things you have to do to be an alderman. You don't have to read. You don't have to write. You don't have to do anything. Okay? <laughs> there's no literacy test. There's nothing. The only thing you have to do is live in the district and be able to vote. That's it. And the guy failed one of the two things. But anyway, while he was an alder person, he was somewhat of a contentious figure. And I'm not going to criticize his his tenure as an alder person. And here's why. He did the job the way he thought he should to serve his constituents. And for that, I'm not going to criticize right. him. Okay? So my critique of Kevin Matheson has nothing to do with, with him being an older person. He did the job the way he thought he should do it. I have a disagreement on how that happens, but so be it. Right. He was elected. Let him Upon do his leaving, thing. he took the moniker of being the Kenosha watchdog. Yeah. And has decided <laughs> that he is going to be the arbiter and decider of everything that's right, proper in Kenosha. And as a result of that, it's been some really interesting endeavors that Kevin has been involved in. There's some people who think he has done some covert things online where if he, got the, bou- he got bounced from uh, Facebook, banned for life. Yeah. You know, banned for life from Facebook. I say what you want, but that did happen. In reference to the uh, Jacob Blake demonstrations, protests, civil disturbances, etc., there are some who said that he was spearheading the militias that came into Kenosha. There's some Facebook posts that calls himself the commander of the Kenosha militia. Hmm. A lot of things But have, nothing is proven, right? Or, well, he those Facebook posts are out there. True. So I don't know what proof means. Um, so that's Kevin Matheson. He, 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 had, um, he ran for village president, I believe, in Salem, or Summers. Somewhat of a gadfly, in my opinion, 
But the thing that, that, that I find really interesting about him is the people he decides to profile. Mm-hmm. We seem to have some type of um, common complexion problem yeah. on the ones he seems to profile. I don't know. I could be wrong about this. But the friends that he keeps, he doesn't ever seem to have that same level of intense, inquisitive, investigative hard nose on his friends as he does on those of us who are trying to make improvement in this community. Now, are you talking about the so-called KenoshaCountyI.com websites? He's not involved with that at all. Okay, that's what I heard. Wink, I didn't wink, think he was nod, in, nod, I didn't think he was say no more, either. say no more. He makes the uh, Freedom of Information Act requests, and then the person in Kenosha I writes about it. So he says he has no involvement, but he's the one who makes the requests. So go figure. I got banned from his page. His face when he had a <gasps> Facebook page, Shock. I was banned. Shock face for proving him wrong so many face. times. Yeah. Shock face. Finally, I, I brought logic and reason to the conversation, and, and he didn't and, like but that. But this, this is where, to, where I really want to go with this. I have been abundantly blessed in my life, and I'm thankful to God for it. And you, I, I've said this publicly many, many times. This job, as older person, has been one of the most satisfying and fulfilling things I've ever done. I feel sorry for my friend Kevin. I feel sorry for him. I feel sorry that he does not get the same level of satisfaction and joy that I get out of this job. Yeah. Um, the worst part of my job is sometimes those Monday night meetings with my fellow older persons. <laughs> but the best part of this job is when I can help my constituents, my friends and family, and deliver solutions. It's amazing, and I'm grateful to do it. And I'm, I love doing this job. And and for people to take this and 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 want to serve their own ego. That's one way you can do it, but look at those past older persons who did the job and served their own ego. Who should be the next mayor? Anthony Kennedy. (laughs) No, 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 no. You heard it here first. There's some very good, smart people in this city who really care about this city and who've done a lot to bring us to where we're at. Um, I would tell you, in my opinion, Kathy Marks should be mayor. I agree with you 100%. I would say there's a a young man here. I say young, relatively speaking. His name is Terrence Wortham. Very amazing man. He should be run for mayor. In the city government, we have a guy named Tony Galici that just knows the bones about how this city runs. He should be mayor. Um, Zorb Kaligian, he's oh, a guy. Oh, Zorb, I love Zorb. Zorb is learning at the feet of the master, and when it comes to these tiffs and tids and things, um, he's a guy who uh, is learning from our current mayor. That is really a a a, a skill set that people don't understand. Mm-hmm. That's a guy we should never let out of this town. I, I agree. If Zorb tries to move, we nope. grab him, throw him in the basement, <laughs> and make him stay. So you have no thoughts of running for mayor? Oh, I think or? about it all the time. Yeah? Do you think you'll actually do it? Well, he didn't I, think he was going to be the president of the NAACP. Right. But just... The only way I'd run for mayor is if I saw a slate of candidates that I just could not turn this town over okay. to. Okay. Okay? There has been a lot of work to bring Kenosha to where it's at. Yep. I believe in Kenosha exceptionalism. I believe that this is a special place to live. I believe there's some things about Kenosha that's just amazing. And that exceptionalism was really tested during the Jacob Blake demonstrations. Yep. But I still believe in Kenosha exceptionalism. And I think the next mayor has to have that mindset in there and has to be someone who sees where, we're, where we came from, see where we're going, and stewards of that vision of the future. And if I saw a slate of candidates who didn't reflect that, you'd step up. <laughs> so you you were very vocal about the Jacob Blake. You're very that happened in your district, correct? Two blocks from my house. Yeah. So how do you feel the the mayor handled that? You would think by now there's a primer 
on how to react when these kinds of things happen because they happen with such regularity. Mm-hmm. But really it is, again, a learn-as-you-go kind of thing. Right. And I think he did some things that was a mistake. I think he did some things that was amazing. But I guess I should be happy that there's not a primer, there's not a, a guidebook on what to do. Right. But it, it, it's a very difficult thing to be involved in. I, I look at that video and I still, as I said publicly... <sighs> That is not reflective of the police department that I deal with, mm-hmm. right? But but having said that, I know that my views aren't monolithic across all of Kenosha. While there's some people who have very positive interactions with the police department on a daily basis, mm-hmm. there are some people who don't. Correct. You know, And does that mean that their view, that one view is better than the other? No. Both are equally true. The question is how much resources can we put in to help equalize that picture? I'm always going to believe in constant process improvement. I'm mm-hmm. always going to believe that we can do better. We can make better. We can, the, the, the process can be better. So in that light, let's have a critical assessment of law enforcement in Kenosha. It should be done whether or not there was a Jacob Blake situation or not. Having said that, though, as we move forward in our relationships in Kenosha, as much as we should be taking a look at police brutality or police or, or more effective law enforcement, whatever phrase you want to use, there are things that are bothering people in Kenosha every single day. Yep. We have women that are getting their asses beat by their boyfriends, and we've seen that horrible situation just a couple of weeks ago with a person killed mm-hmm. in front of kids and stuff like that. Come on. Brutal. There's people living in subpar housing, right? So they're landlords that are getting that are exploiting people. You know, I'm getting thousand eleven hundred dollars for two bedrooms with no locks on the front door. Yeah. Um, there are kids in our community that are uh, malnourished, even though they're not. You know, we're not we're not seeing Ethiopian style kids walking around. But now malnourishment talks about the other thing, right? Uh, kids are overweight and they're not eating good food. Uh, we have kids in our community that are undereducated. Yep. These are things that are happening every single day. Well, where's the march on? on domestic violence where is the march on subpar housing where is the march on see you guys got me on my soapbox and that's the thing that's engaging you every single day so how can we handle these issues of like domestic violence when we know the police can get involved that can escalate a problem is there either other ways we can well yeah but it's going to take community involvement it really is it's going to take an understanding that it's not a police problem. We can't police our way out of it. You guys, I don't know if you saw my um, uh, comments on council a couple of weeks ago, but we cannot police our way out of it. That's just not the way it is. We cannot keep asking our law enforcement to do more and more and more and more. They have a job to do, and we make sure they stay in their lane. But we as a community have to make sure that we're more accountable to each we other. We have to be better. We have to be better. You know, if you're a mom dad and you're working a good job and you're trying to pay the rent and you're trying to pay the bills and your kid's coming in with $300 shoes, mm-hmm. you got to ask some questions. Right. You know? But well, uh, that brings me to a good point. You uh, were quoted in the Kenosha News a few weeks ago as saying that parents need to take more responsibility for their children no matter how old they are. Now, do you think a parent should be directly responsible for the acts of like a 16, 17, 18-year-old? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it's detrimental to and the And how community. do you think they should be responsible? In because, what way? Okay. The, young, the person who had the shootout on 28th Avenue a couple of weeks ago didn't live on 28th Avenue. He was there visiting someone. Mm-hmm. So you have to have more accountability of who your kids' friends are. Who are they associating with? Even your adult kids because these are the neighbors. Mm-hmm. These are the people that are coming and terrorizing our neighbors. 
These are the ones that are coming in causing the troubles, you know. And so if you got ratchet kids, even I don't care what age they are, you got to hold your ratchet kids accountable, even if they are adults, man. Because the problem is the ripple effect is so... Well, I, I if, totally... If we, can, if, if we can do conflict resolution, if we can really start talking about conflict resolution, Jacob Blake doesn't have seven shots in him yeah, because right. he's not there in the middle of an argument between a family member and someone else. If we're really talking about conflict resolution, then we're talking about how to stop things from escalating to the point where you need the police to respond, right? Now, I'm not saying anyone gets a pass. No one breaks the law. We're all accountable to the law, right? And if you break the law, you should be accountable to it. But we also have to be accountable to ourselves. And I and, and again, it's it's a matter of you got to start paying more attention to what's going on, you know? Mm-hmm. And and I and I'm going to bring the landlords in on this. You've got to come around your properties more. You've got to see what people are doing, yeah. right? You have landlords whose tenants are parking on the grass, right? Well, what's the big deal about parking on the grass? Well, it's against city ordinance. But that's a person who's not just obeying one really easy rule, right? Mm-hmm. Don't park on the grass. Does that lead to more and more problems? And I say, yeah, it leads to more and more problems. And landlords should be around looking at it, looking at what kind of people are living there, looking at what kind of people are contributing to a detriment of the neighborhood. Remember, I told you my goal is to maintain or improve the quality of life for mm-hmm. my constituents, right? Good landlords, good neighbors equal good neighborhoods. Yep. You mess with that formula any which way, and you got problems. Okay, but you can grab these parents, the landlord, grab them by the neck and shake them and say, hey, do better. But how can you actually make them do it without just trying to encourage them, you know? Flogging. <laughs> <laughs> Bring those uh, stockades back and put them in the public eye. <laughs> um, we haven't cracked a joke in quite some time. <laughs> We're getting a little hot and heavy you're, there you're, for a You're minute. asking me a question that I don't have all the answers for. I, I know. It's, it's. And here's the piece I'm going to come back at you with. I'm not a public safety expert, okay? Yeah. I'm I'm a guy who gets some people to vote for him six times in a row, seven mm-hmm. times in a row. That's who I am. Congratulations. Okay? But I'm the guy who asks the questions, and I'm the guy who allocates the resources, and there's smarter people in our community who get paid to, to fix these problems. We got to keep those people who get paid to fix the problem. We got to keep them attentive and aware of what the problem okay. is, and that's my job, and that's part of the job of the community. Um, you asked me what can be done. I think well, you're doing it. Actually, you're spreading the awareness, getting the word out, getting people to understand mm-hmm. that you're, you know, this is a, a good way to go. So maybe hopefully pressure from other people who listen to you will they'll follow your lead. I guess to say. The people who make who can make these decisions, the people who well, we make the decisions, but the people who can put the time investment into figuring out what the problems are, one of the things we start doing is we start hitting the landlords on nuisance complaints. We right. start making it very difficult to be a bad landlord. Okay. And I will tell you that there is a thought to do that, but as long as you keep hiring landlords as your older person, you keep hiring real estate people as your older <laughs> person, as long as you keep kissing the ass of realtors, that's ain't going to change. Yeah, yeah. And I just lost the realtor endorsement. <laughs> but the 10th is really interesting because my neighborhood is a solid middle-class neighborhood, right? Mm-hmm. Housing, my neighborhoods cost anywhere between 160 to 180. Um, when we talk about that neighborhood behind Bullen, we're talking 350 to 400,000, yeah, right. you know? And so, and I'm the older, I'm the older person for that and there's the other one. Um, I don't want to toot my own horn, but there's a Washington Post piece out there. I don't know if you guys have seen it, yeah. but go to YouTube, Washington Post, <laughs> and talk about the 10th District right after Jacob Blake shooting. One of my problems was the narrative that was coming in. You kept seeing the burned-out trash trucks downtown. You kept seeing the barriers downtown. And that was the national picture that yep. was put in. Mm-hmm. The first reporter that knocked on my door 
was a dude from from a European newspaper. He's the first guy that knocked on my door. He's the first guy that left that scene and came over mm. to uh, to the tenth district. Oh. I had a great reporter. Her name was Sarah Seiler from CNN. She's uh, I gave her a hundred percent access because she said, "Hey, I want to know what the tenth district is." And I said to her, "I'm going to take you." And this was this was two days after the Jacob Blake shooting. Okay. I'm going to take you around the corner, right across the street from where he was shot. And there are going to be two people sitting on their porch, right? They're going to be sitting out there, and they're going to be looking at the neighborhood, and they're going to – because that's what they do. They sit there, <laughs> and they look, right? And sure enough, we round around the corner, and the two constituents are sitting there <laughs> because that's what the 10th is. Yeah. The Jacob Blake thing is an aberration for what the 10th district is. Solid middle-class people, working people. That image that they were trying to show on the national media really bothered the hell out of me because that's not what my district was about. I want to touch base with you on uh, another older person, uh, Lamacchia. So he said some crazy things on Facebook. And you were kind of saddened about that. Can you go into detail about that? Have you, are you guys friends? What's what's the deal with this? You guys are going to try to get me hurt, aren't no, you? No, no. I mean, you can, if you don't want to talk about I am about never going to be able to get another pizza in this town. Ah. Thanks a lot. No, hey, this, I, I told you I'll, I'll talk about anything. Rocco is a good guy. Mm-hmm. I will say that repeatedly. I can say that repeatedly. When we were having our council wars, the count, remember the the Alder Schmucks as 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 uh, <laughs> um, that what Lenny talk, bringing you? it back to Lenny and Scott Barter. <laughs> Rocco was one of the guys you could always count on to do the right thing, not for ego. When the good guys on the council started pushing back, Rocco was one of the guys you could count on. Mm-hmm. You can still count on Rocco to vote for what's right, not for his ego. Okay. I don't know what those conservative, Trump-inspired, right-wing stuff that he was posting. I don't know where that came from. Um, well, he said he was joking. So I'm going to give it to a, a, an old man who doesn't know how Facebook works. But it's 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 still unforgettable. Rocco's not I stupid. Mean, he's from the Colum- he's from the uh, Columbus Park neighborhood. He's from the old neighborhood. Guy's not stupid. He just fucked up, right? I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. It, it 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 bothers me because I. I don't like using the race card, okay? Mm-hmm. I, I want to find the underlying thing. And mm-hmm. it's easy to say Rocco's a racist, but that's not true. I don't believe that's true. I, I don't have an answer for why he did what he did. I think that apology was pretty ham-fisted, and I don't think it came from Rocco. Uh, I think it was written for him. But again, in this job as an older person, one of the amazing things has, has, has been that I've met people I don't think I've ever met in my regular life, had I not been an older person, Rocco and and Pat Giuliani are two people who I never mm-hmm. think I would have met. I did not like Pat when I first met him. And I, this is a story I tell all the time. Mm-hmm. I met Pat, went to the garage, talked to him. I left there pissed off and angry. I'm like, he's an old <laughs> racist Italian. And my friend Yolanda did Adams said, "You put glue said, in the locks of his car? Was that you?" <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> but my friend Yolanda Adams said, Anthony, he's a really good guy. You just got to get to know him. And you know what? She was absolutely right. He's a little gruff on the outside, but he's got a big heart in the inside. And he'll do anything for you. I would have never gone back at him again. I would have I would have never dealt with him after that. But Rocco is in that kind of same category for mm-hmm. me. I would have never met Rocco in my normal right. life. And he, he, like I said, I felt that he worked hard on the votes that he, he took to understand the issues. And I don't think he grandstands. I don't think he votes just for his ego. And that's really important to me. So Council Rocco 
didn't jive with Facebook Rocco when he started putting some of the crazy <laughs> stuff up there. Hmm. Yeah, I also wanted to bring up a few more things here. I want to talk about the Bill Seal mask um, ordinance that he was bringing up. And you you voted for this, correct? Voted for it in support I mean, of it. Yep, I believe safety first. Um, and then some allegations came out that Bill was out without a he mask. Was. Uh, he uh, was, which uh, is part of the effing rules. You can sit at the bar, you can sit at your table and eat and drink without your mask on. What the hell is the problem? Was a tempest in a teapot? Bullshit. I guess the, the, the no no the, let's get into this because well, I'm assuming the argument was he didn't have food or drink in front of him, but I mean it's, you guys can't see it, but I just rolled my eyes and I almost made the. <laughs> hand I mean I'm assuming motion. it's nitpicking, yes, and I agree there should be a, a mask safety first. When he walked away from the table, he had his mask right. on. He followed the rules, and if those people who think that that was somehow wrong, you're the reason why our bars in Kenosha are having a hard time. There are rules in place that allow you to engage if you want to engage, mm -hmm. and to come up with this bullshit straw man argument in reference to this, and this is the problem with Lenny Palmer right now. The man is smart. He knows what BS is, and yet he was because it fit his four hours. He was willing to go with this. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I'm sorry, Lenny, but wrong is wrong. And it was wrong when they effed with Scott Gordon. It was wrong when Kevin Masterson pulled this crap with other people. And the fact that you went along with this Bill Seal thing, you got some explaining to do. I think Lenny kind of seems to be going with his listeners. Kind of, He kind of seems to go with the crowd. And I get it. He's got a job to do. And he's got a, a, a constituency to respond to. I get it. But I've also seen the guy show some cojones sometimes, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. If you're anti-mask, be anti-mask, but don't play into this BS with Bill Seal. Uh, so one last thing I wanted to bring up with you with this, um, you were you were very involved in this um, live music ordinance that happened. <laughs> um, I killed live music in Kenosha. <laughs> <laughs> so can you tell our listeners a little bit of what this all is all about? And nope. No, no, nope. no. I ain't you're, saying you're nothing. Against, you're against it now. Um. <laughs> Because the rule was the ordinance was trying to shut down live music by midnight. No, no, okay. no, no. That's, yes. that was the original. Yes. That was the original, okay. wasn't it? We want to get the straight scoop. This from is just you. between us, right? No one goes listening. <laughs> just between no, us. nobody. No, we only no, have a thousand okay. listeners. We put out a proposal, and people took that proposal as law, mm -hmm. and we were looking for input into that proposal, mm -hmm. and. The process worked the way it should work, contrary to popular belief. But do you think the proposal came at a weird time with the COVID shutdown and the bars were already struggling? I mean, that's the argument that I'm hearing. Like, why do it now while we're all struggling so bad, trying to keep going? I mean, I don't think the time. It's a valid right. argument. Right, right. Would I change things? I don't know. I think because of COVID, because mm -hmm. being at home, it gave people a greater opportunity to look at what we were doing and for that that's a good thing right and i love that you went to the tavern meeting you were there to answer questions hey you got some cojones you went there you went in front of the people and you spoke what you thought we put out a proposal and we waited for public input mm -hmm. and we got public input and what was proposed and what was passed isn't the same thing okay okay it had input there mm -hmm. was some horse trading so to speak hey you should do this if we do this we do that and so people who did not understand how the process worked got very upset. And so here's what's interesting. Those who attended some of those meetings, there was a, a yellow highlighted copy, right? Well, the yellow highlighted copy were the changes. Mm -hmm. The stuff that people were upset about is the current rules. <laughs> we're the current rules at the time. 
You know, so it was like you really are having a fundamental misunderstanding of what's going on. And yet you're building on this. Now, promotion's promotion, right? I'm not going to, hey, it's tough running a bar in Kenosha during COVID. Right. Okay, I get that. Unfortunately, that's a market effect right now. So that's whoever's going to come through this is going to be the better operator. It's going to be the best operator, right? That's just economic darn darn. Help me out here. Darwinism. Thank you. <laughs> That's just economic Darwinism. And I'm sorry, but now that is a market force. That's a market effect right now. Who's going to respond to that? Who's going to survive? Some aren't. Mm-hmm. That's just the reality. It sucks that some people opened their business just before COVID right. started. That's mm-hmm. that's a hard piece. You're talking about Alvin Owens over at his uh, collective barbershop. He opens it up the day that Jacob Blake gets shot. <laughs> you know, it's that's that's a who what market analysis tells you that that's going right. to happen? Like our good friends at the Downtowner Saloon, they opened up the day of the shutdown. St. Patty's Day last yeah, year. Yeah. yeah, I mean it was how wow. What is it? It's They're crazy. open for three hours and had it shut down. But there's risk involved in business, right? right? It the is greater what the it risk, is. the greater the risk, the better the reward, right? But you're kind of subverting the whole thing that Donnie brought up, though, about the the ordinance. (laughs) I I thought you guys were smart. I forgot that. (laughs) Do you hate live music, Anthony? It was never about live music. Okay, good. It it never was about live music. I told you earlier that one of the things I thought was interesting about this town was the bar scene. Mm -hmm. It is about badly managed bars. Okay. And what you saw in the updated cabaret ordinances was some of the things that we were talking about at the license and permit committee. Mm-hmm. Committee. Committee meeting. One word. Committee. <laughs> <laughs> but what would happen is a person would come to us. I want to open a – I just want to open a bar. Okay. I want to open a sports bar. Okay. And then you go out. You come back. I need a cabaret license. Okay. Then you do some stupid things. And you come back to us. And we're like, don't do those stupid things anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, do this, this, and this, and mm-hmm. you'll be okay. And some people would do this, this, and this and be fine. Some people wouldn't. Now we're taking away their livelihood. Wow. Okay, now we've taken away their livelihood. The problem with that process was people didn't see us taking away bad bars. They saw us closing down black bars. They saw us taking down bar rap bars. They yeah. saw us taking down... Kenosha doesn't want rap music. Kenosha doesn't want black bars in Kenosha. Mm-hmm. And that is a very detrimental insidious thing to have in this town it gives voice to a lie the problem is they're badly managed they're they're having an impact on the neighborhoods that are detrimental what did i tell you my job is my job is to maintain or improve the quality of life for my constituents good bars can have good be part of a good neighborhoods bad bars contribute to the negative quality of life for my constituents so what you saw in the cabaret ordinance was us codifying some of the things that we have told people to do once they got into trouble. So we're trying to showing our cards up front, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Got to talk to the alderman. That you got to talk to the alderman. Right. What are you going to do? You got to talk to the alderman. So the first time the alderman hears about what's going on is it when he's at the meeting or they're at the meeting. What's your security plan? Okay. Yeah. I think it's Champs. Was it says? Well, I don't bring in a lot of acts, and if I do, I hire a couple of people. Well, that's your security plan then. Mm-hmm. Now, you bring in something big, you didn't adhere to your own security plan, stuff kicks off, we're going to hold you accountable for what you said you were going to do. And that's the piece I think people really misunderstood. They thought that there was going to be something dictated by the city. The doom and gloom of it's going to cost so much money. Your guy, Anthony, is kind of a jerk. 
And if you go look at some of the license and permit <laughs> meetings in the last couple of weeks, I've asked, how much time did it take you to put this plan together? A uh, few minutes. Oh, how much money did you spend? None. Remember, I was told it's going to ruin bars. It's going to cost too much. It's going to take too much time. And I get it. I get it. It, it was the fear of not knowing what's going to happen already in this very right. tense operating environment. Well, initially there were some clauses in there that required security and things like that. Excuse me. <laughs> He's a very busy man. So initially it does look like it's going to cost you some extra money. No, but... no, no. What is your security plan? Yeah. And if you're going to have live, if you're going to use uh, live music or you're going to use the cabaret um, license, you don't have to have a cabaret license, but if you're going to use it, how are you going to manage your crowd? How are you going to manage the business? How are you mm -hmm. going to do these things? You tell us. I'm not requiring you to have security. There's okay. no requirement to say you have security, but what is your security plan? Mm -hmm. Right? Okay. And that's the piece that we want to know. What are you going to do? Mm -hmm. Now, once you say you're going to do it, then you need to adhere to it. I'm mm -hmm. not dictating you what to do. You're telling me what's going to happen. When you don't do what you said you were going to do, now we're going to come after you. So I tell you, I'm going to have some chick with a guitar play some songs. I'm going to hope for the best. If that's your security plan, you have it in writing. <laughs> okay. There you go. Right? Yeah. Safety first. <laughs> and that chick with the guitar uh, brings in 400 people into a spot that has 100 people. Then there's a riot. Well, you know what? I'm coming after you because you told me what you were going to do, and then you didn't adhere to your own plan. Fair enough. Fair well, enough. I Where's think the with, trivia, please? Yeah, I, th I think with that, we're going to take a break, and we'll be back with some quick connects. Dave and Tina Chapman purchased The Letter Machine in 2002 and has been family-owned and operated for 33 years. Their main focus is embroidery, screen printing, and other ways to make your business name known. They love working with the customers to help them achieve a look that represents their business properly at a cost that will work within their budget. That's The Letter Machine, 720 50th Street. Find them online at thelettermachine.com. The Pine Blossom is a boutique shop in downtown Kenosha, filled with treasures for every taste. Local art, stylish clothing, gifts, home decor, homemade jewelry, upcycled furniture, and more. Stop on by 5925 6th Avenue A. They're open Thursday and Friday, 11 to 5, Saturday, 10 to 4, Sunday, 11 to 3. Check them out. The Pine Blossom in downtown Kenosha. Welcome back to the K-Town Connects podcast. We're having a great time here with Alderman Anthony Kennedy of the 10th District of Kenosha. Yeah, if you want to reach him, uh, email him at district10 at kenosha.org. Right? That's the proper yeah, email, that's right? That's the city email, yep. So uh, My private email is anthonykennedykenosha at yahoo.com. Oh, you're giving out that too, huh? Hey, you're an open book, right? Well, it's just us, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> so speaking of being an open book, I heard that you were a wrestler. You like to hit people with chairs. I don't know what you're talking about. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> so I told you earlier that I've been abundantly blessed. And uh, December 2019, I was at a point where um, I assaulted a guy. He called me a racial epitaph. Ooh. He pushed me, and I reacted. Mm. I hit him with a chair, punched him in his face, and held him onto the ground until the police came because I thought if the guy let me up, he was going to kill me. Where, where was this at? <laughs> and this was in... This was in Waukegan. Mm. Um, were you at somewhere in public? or? Where... I was at the... Uh, I told you I was an independent contractor as a um, taxi driver, mm -hmm. so I was at the... Uh, Taxi office. Okay, okay. In Waukegan. With a coworker? Or? Um, yeah, another independent another, cab another, driver. Another driver. Yeah, yeah, kind of a yeah. coworker, but it was a stupid thing to do. We all we all do these stupid things in life. Um, one of the things I did was make sure I called 
the mayor, mm-hmm. called the police chief, uh, called my supporters, and said, this is what happened. And the amount of support that I got is just amazing. And one of the things that she said to me was, did he deserve it? (laughs) (laughs) He said, if you get charged, we'll take care of matters from there. If you get charged, right? Mm -hmm. Until then, it's not my concern. The amount of faith that people had in me was amazing. That's great. And I am so grateful for it. I can't tell you I deserve that amount of grace that was shown to me. I can't tell you that I can justify why I hit the person. I can be apologetic for my actions mm-hmm. because of what my name at after that was no longer automatic. People had to make a decision whether I was a liability or an asset to them. Mm-hmm. And that bothered the hell out of me. I never apologize for what I did. I apologize for the position I put my friends and my supporters in. Well, you, you give back to the community and they give back to you. I was always honest. Right. That's the one thing. I was always honest. I didn't try to lie about it. I didn't try to. I did it. That's I mean, the Kenosha News article reads like a pro wrestling report. <laughs> Kennedy said he punched the man, hit him with a chair, and sat on top of him for about seven to eight minutes until police arrived. <laughs> I'm going to say WWE champion now, right here. Now, here's what's interesting about that. <laughs> Kevin Matthewson got involved with that situation, and he was defending the No way. Way. <laughs> he was defending the uh, – he was helping the guy. What's interesting was they could just play it straight, but they just couldn't play it straight. And so the video that was put together off of the office footage would have shown the guy pushing me, would have shown that I did not initiate this. And yet – you see me. <laughs> the, the video starts with my actions. And I just thought it was so interesting. Um, they tried to introduce it the, because the driver wanted a permanent restraining order against me. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the evidence that was, that was put in. But it was produced by Kevin Matheson. They didn't just – they couldn't just show the thing, you right. know. They, they had to produce it. And the judge threw that out and threw the restraining order out. It was – now, I didn't see this video. What was the chair shot like? To the back? To the head? I got pushed. I move. I grab the chair, come back, hit him with the chair. He was shocked. The man has told me that he would uh, beat my head in with a hammer. Oh. He told me one time, I'll kill your nigger ass. Wow. Okay. okay. And I've always avoided that. I've always avoided those situations. But when he pushed me. That you had enough. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're just a man, you know. <laughs> Have you made amends with them? Or is no. Okay, just wanted to see. Okay. All right. Yeah, I don't think I would well, either. You know, you know and, 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 and my faith tells me I should. Mm-hmm. My humanity keeps messing with me, and that's always my push and pull, my faith versus my humanity. Well, the thing like my mother would say is that you're in the public eye now, and you need to watch what you do, Anthony. <laughs> you need to be more careful. I know you get upset, but you need to be more careful. What people don't understand is the person they see in front of me is a guy I work really hard to be. My default is jerk. My default is asshole. I work hard <laughs> to be a nice guy. Hey, I mean, this stuff happens. I mean, and, and you come to peace with it. You, I mean, I think the guy deserved it. It sounds like it. Right. So, come 
Yeah, there we go. <laughs> there we go. And with that, we're going to start our quick connects, and it's brought to you by Washed Out, locally owned hair products from the suit and tie businessman to the motorhead leather jacket rocker. Washed Out is loved by those seeking the best hair products at an affordable price. If you want me, Donnie Stancato's great look with this hair, look at this. Wow. Beautiful hair. Check out Washed Out Hair, us.bigcartel.com for details. I'm going right there to that oh, website. Oh, that was a great what website. What is it again? It is washedouthairus.bigcartel.com. I'm on my way. What is a that great website. Donnie Stancato or is that Johnny Depp? No. <laughs> All right, Anthony, you ready for these quick connects? Oh, God. This is, this is the part that I'm probably most nervous about. No, this is the fun part. The trivia comes after this. That's the part. All right, your favorite famous Kenoshian. <laughs> Lurigani. Hey! <laughs> What's your favorite streaming service at home? Netflix. Netflix? What are you watching? I just got through with the Umbrella Academy. Oh, oh yeah. All right, favorite band or musician of all time? Oh, man. You know, at one time, I only owned two CDs or two cassettes. Oh, you're going old school on us. Uh, I had Pink Floyd's The Wall and I had Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh, all right. I can sing all, I can sing the whole piece of both of those. <laughs> um, Terrence Trent Darby, uh, the gospel according to, I forgot the name of the album. That thing is amazing to me. And when I heard that, I was like, my favorite male vocalist, Terrence Trent Darby. Oh, okay. Whether music, TV, or film, what is your guiltiest guilty pleasure? Ooh. I hate the fact that I will stop and watch uh, Inside Edition and all those <laughs> fake ass. T- TM, what is it? TMJ, yeah. I hate the fact that I will stop and watch those things. All right, this could be a touchy one for you. Favorite Kenosha location to see a band? Oh, wow. I, I'd probably say uh, Sazzy Bees because I would watch them, uh, watch his, that trio practice on Monday nights. So probably oh, cool. Sazzy Bees when the, um, the dentist's trio. Come on. Uh, what was it? Crawford. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Pat Crawford trio. All right. What was your first job you ever had? Newspaper delivery person. Ooh. Sucked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite park in Kenosha? I should say something that's in the 10th district, right? You don't right? have to, no. Because, you know, I should represent. Um, but I only have, like, I have, uh, oh, God, I can't even think of the little park I have in the 10th <laughs> district. <laughs> but I, I think my favorite has to be the stuff on the lakefront. That that's Let's let's go with Kennedy Park because it's got my name in it. That's <laughs> easy. There you go. That's easy. All right. Which now-closed Kenosha business do you wish you could bring back? Oh, Max Deli. Oh, nice. That's a great point. Their pastrami was not the best pastrami I've ever had, but it was the best pastrami in Kenosha. Mm. And I miss that. Max Deli. That's one of my favorite questions. We always get different answers. Yeah, I like that. Anthony, what do you collect? I used to have, or I do have, a collection of Whitman Sampler uh, peanuts banks. They had one for Halloween. They had one for Christmas. And it's got Snoopy like on a... Easter egg, and it's got Snoopy on a Christmas ornament, and it's got Snoopy on a um, jack-o'-lantern. Okay. So I've got seven or eight of those. Oh, cool. <laughs> and our last one. This is the toughest one. Big Star or The Spot? Oh, please. That's easy. 
Uh, Andy's driving every day. <laughs> Andy's driving every single that. day. No. Were you listening? Were you, you... Oh, tell me. I'm sorry. What was the question? The big star or the spot? Andy's driving every <laughs> single day. I am so sorry, but I do not understand the spot, and I do not understand Big Star. It's a good burger. It's okay. And when I came to Kenosha, I thought I was going to get transported to Burger Heaven, and I went to the spot, and I'm like, eh. And I went to Big Star, and I'm like, okay. But Andy's Drive-In is my favorite burger in Kenosha. All right. Yeah, all right. Well, hey, we'll go with that one. We'll take it. Well, that does it for our quick connects where we dug deep into Anthony Kennedy. So what time is it now, Donnie? It is time for trivia! <laughs> and trivia is brought to you by Coming Up Roses Cleaning and Organizing. For a professional experience at an affordable price, you know what? You can contact Coming Up Roses for your home or office needs. Hey, Jason, no job is too big or too small. Search Coming Up Roses on Facebook or give them a call at 262-748-6978 and see what they can do for you. That's Coming Up Roses, cleaning and organizing. I can't wait. So, Donnie, I have a little scorecard here. Oh, let's see here. And when you get one right, I'll tick it down. When I get one right, we'll tick it down. You want to do a dollar answer for the difference? Uh, let me check my let me check my uh, <laughs> Carmichael communication funds in my wallet here. There's five questions for each of you here. Well, if you got change for that, I'm in. You got more money in there. Yeah, it's another. It's another. But it's not a dollar an answer. It's just the difference. So if you have another, two and I have three, you don't. It's another have... dollar and another hundred dollar bill with a thousand dollar bill. Wow. Hey, we're not getting crazy here, guy. I'm, I'm tapping out about six, seven dollars. <laughs> All, All right. right, we're doing this. We got. I got five questions for each of you here. These are not multiple choice. They're straight question and answer. Now, I always try to do these trivias to kind of cater towards our guest. And, Anthony, I'm looking you up, and I I find all this stuff about, you know, you you throwing chairs around and you uh, meeting Jesse Jackson and you being involved in the the Blake uh, situation last year. All this stuff is about you, but I can't find anything really personal about you. I had a hard time trying to find anything personal, Mm -hmm. like about you personally. You can go to my Facebook page. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. It was all. Yeah. I mean, well, you're all not the page. Anthony Kennedy. Oh, you don't know about my other Facebook page. Oh, no, shit. I couldn't. No, it didn't come up in my searches. So, so we have Kenosha trivia for you guys. Oh God! I'm just gonna give you the money now, Donnie. <laughs> so we have five questions for each of you. Donnie, we're gonna start with you. Okay. Kenosha officially has four sister cities. Name two of them. Racine? No. Wait, don't say no. Let them give the answers. Oh, okay, sorry. Try again. Oh, I'm sorry. Pleasant Prairie. What? Stop shaking your head. Let him give him the yeah. answers. Stop uh, leading him. God. Uh, yeah, there's only one city, and that's Kenosha. No, you're totally so what's your, what's your answer? Uh, Racine and... Pleasant Prairie. You know what a sister city is? Oh, 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 oh. Can I answer? Can I, I answer? Uh, Can I answer? Go ahead. Wolfenbuttle. That's one. Uh, Cosanza and Plaza Douai, which is what Douai, France, which is Plaza Douai, and there's one in the Philippines, which I always forget the name. No, that Corazon City. Yes. Yeah, I always forget that. Uh, I am the finance guy for the Sister Cities program. Ah. (laughs) And I've been to Cosanza and I've been to Wolf and Buttle. Oh, really? Wow. Ooh. So that's. Were you at Wolf and Buttle before when you were in the service? No, I went as part of the Sister Cities program. Oh, cool, cool. Well, I blew that one. Do I get credit for that one? No, you get nothing for that. Okay. 
But you get this one. You, you get, get credibility. Here's one for you, Anthony. Kenosha has four official historic districts. Name two of them. Ooh, official historic districts. The uptown neighborhood? <laughs> four official historic districts. Can I get a clue? Can I buy a vowel? They are districts in Kenosha. Not the official district. They are areas in Kenosha. Neighborhoods, kind of. Oh, would you go? Would you accept Columbus Park? I mean, I would if it was right, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Poor official history. Oh, I don't want to give this up. Would you call the Allendale neighborhood one? No. I mean, that's. I mean, you could, but that's not right either. Oh God, four official historic districts. Okay, can I get one? No, you have to name two of them. I know. Just give me one, and I'll give you three. Just give me. <laughs> just give me one, and I'll give you three of them because I don't know where you're going with this. They're official historic districts in Kenosha. Uh, Sounds like first syllable. I don't know. Third Avenue, Civic Center, Pearl Street, and Library Park. Oh. This is all from visitkenosha.com, so you can yell at them. Huh. Our good friends Those are our four official historic districts in Kenosha. Library Park I knew, but I didn't know Pearl Street, and I didn't know. If you knew it, you would have said it. (laughs) (laughs) Roasted. He's right. (laughs) <laughs> All right, no score. Donnie? Okay. I forgot we got money on this. The Jeez. Dinosaur Discovery Museum mm-hmm. opened in 2006. Mm-hmm. Yes. What originally occupied the building? Nothing. Oh, my God. Uh, Something did. I mean, it's a building. Uh, um, oh, City Hall. No, that's the U.S. Post Office. Uh, and then it was after that it was the Kenosha Public Museum. I guess I cannot deliver the answer. Oh, you are not Carl Malone. <laughs> so you guys are doing great with Kenosha history here. <laughs> well, hey, at least I can assist you in that John Stockton reference to that Carl Malone reference. All right, Anthony, here's a softball one. What historic property was a girls' school for more than a hundred years? Oh, that's. Uh, um, the downtown thing, it's called the center. It just went out of my head, and I can see the stupid thing. It's owned by Kenosha County. It used to be a city thing, and it's called uh, the DeCoven Center's up in Racine, and it's called the stupid Kemper Center. There we go. Oh, there we oh, go. It took me a minute there to get go. there. Anthony you got there. You takes got the there. lead. <laughs> <laughs> Donnie, see if you can tie it up. Okay. Donnie, what year was the Southport Lighthouse built? Hmm. They recently celebrated 150 years. Oh, well, great. Oh, Jesus. Not that recently, though. <laughs> Chris Allen's going to kill me on this one. Yeah. Come on, you should know this. You take your dog walking out there all the time. Oh, no, that's me. 1879. <laughs> sorry, it's 1866. Ah, I'm so sorry, Chris Allen. <laughs> Anthony's I'm... up. One up. All right, Anthony, what was the original name of 46th Street, north of downtown, near Union Park? 46th Street, north of downtown. Near Union Park right there. What was the original name of that street? Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Stonecutters? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's easy once you hear it. Union Street? Mm, not that easy. <laughs> Donnie, you want to steal? Was it Kennedy? No. Oh, I'm thinking of bars over there. Lemon Street. Ah. Lemon Street Gallery. I should have known that since I'm on the board. That's why I gave him the question, not you. I thought you would have got it easy. Ah. 
All right, Dan, you're only down one nothing. You guys are not good at this. Well, <laughs> we got money on it. Donnie, the good old Bristol Renaissance Fair oh, yes. claims to depict Old England in what century? 1700. Which century? Oh, uh, I mean, you can I can figure it out whichever you tell me, but. The eight, 17th century. The 1700s or 17th century? 1700s. Either way, you're wrong. <laughs> the 16th century. Ah! The 1500s. All right, Anthony, you still up one nothing. What is the Food Network show that featured a segment on Frank's Diner? Uh, that would be Diner, Drive-In, and Dives. You are oh, correct. Very nice. You're up two nothing. God, I'm screwed. Yeah, you are. You only got one question left. <laughs> if you get it right, then it's only a dollar. Right, right, and that's all. Donnie? Yeah, okay. What was the name of the Kenosha NFL team that existed in 1924? What? What was the name of the Kenosha NFL team <laughs> that existed in 1924? <laughs> Kenosha had an NFL team. Did you know that? No, I did not they know did. that. They were like 0-6 or something. The Kenosha... Can I get a hint? I got money on this. Give me a hint. Uh, It's a word. <laughs> oh, that's hard. Give me a hint. Um, at least one right. Come on, give it, me a hint. It's a word that you think would be an insult, but it's the name of a team. Redskins. Wow. <laughs> uh, I was going to go with, so you're doing better than me. <laughs> the Kenosha Maroons. Oh, okay. I never would have got Maroon. Okay. Maroon. Maroon. Ah, okay. Well, I learned something new on this trivia. You know, like Bugs Bunny. What a maroon. Oh, okay. I get it now. So I, I can make a whole $3. Anthony, here's your last question. This is uh, sports-related as well. What was the name of the All-American Girls Professional Baseball Team from Kenosha? Oh, oh my God. I've seen this stupid movie 14,000 times because my girlfriend loves it. I uh, know uh, you should know this. I you know this. It's, it's not the Bells, not the Peaches, the Rockford Peaches, the Racine Bells, and they were the Kenosha... I've seen my share of Kenosha peaches. <laughs> Come on, Anthony. I met the I met the one of the players, Paul Vagnoni. Where are you? Can I can I call can I call a friend? No, you can Better call, call Lou Ragani. <laughs> no, Paul Vagnoni. I'm call him. Oh yeah, Mr. Baseball. He would know. Uh, comments. You got it. Hey, congratulations. Took you forever, but you got it. Well, you won some money from me, and you also won a bottle of Lou Perini's water. Congratulations. <laughs> you know what? If our listeners want to get some Lou Perini's water, two for a dollar, and get some ho-ho cake at Lou Perini's Gas and Grocery, located at 5145 Sheridan Road. I'll take your dollar. I don't Congratulations. Here is a dollar that you won from me. <laughs> Look at that. It pays to come on the Cape Town Connects podcast. The first guest we had that made money on the show. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And we need to give a last thanks to all of our great sponsors, including Kaiser's Pizza and Pub, Captain Mike's, Lucci's Grandview, Union Park Tavern, The Pine Blossom, The Lettering Machine, Coming Up Roses, Cleaning and Organizing, Washed Out Hair Products, Frank's Diner, Lulu Birds, and Faded Barbershop for Men. Thank you all so much for that. Well, Donnie, it's been a, quite an episode here with uh, Mr. Kennedy. Yeah, thank you, Anthony. This was a lot of fun. That was fun, I, I right? really had a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah thank you yeah. for coming on. We I was nervous, you. a little apprehensive about coming here, but uh, 
it was fun. Yeah, I think I, we, we got to know you very well. Our listeners will know more about you. So when you run for mayor, you're going to get all the votes. They'll blows. use this against me. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be calling you up. You guys got to take that episode down. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that was great fun. Thank you so much for coming on. So Anthony Kenny. The 10th District Alder person, you can shoot him an email and tell him how much you love him at <laughs> district10 at kenosha.org. And he's always available. Look him up on Facebook. You'll see him at the meetings on Monday nights, right? Uh, yes. Uh, Donnie, I will tell you this. I never trust the people who tell me how good a job I'm doing. It's the ones that come up to me and like, you're an effing idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. You, I've learned the phrase, you love your haters, because they tell you the there truth. There you go. There you go. And, hey, you know what? We love our haters. So send us an email at <laughs> gatetownconnects at yahoo.com. And be sure to enter our drawing by sending in the raffle entry to gatetownconnects at yahoo.com and get in that big drawing. Yeah, it's going it's to be huge. huge. Um, and on that note, uh, what, what are we are, doing here, Donnie? I'm trying to think here. What are we doing here? We're... Connecting, Connecting Kenosha. Kenosha. I'm from Kenosha. I say Kenosha, that great big busy town. Right in the middle of the USA, between the New York Harbor and the San Francisco Bay. I'm from Kenosha. I say Kenosha, that great big busy town. Right in the middle of the USA. If you know anything about me, I don't care how I look in public.